everyone. And this is Kickback's first ever podcast. Very exciting. So I'm joined today by um, so um, dramaturg and producer Kirsten Ellis, writer, editor, and co-founder Oliver Wimbush, and director and co-founder Emma Large. Hello, guys. Um, it's great to have us all here together to talk. How is everyone? First off, are we all doing good? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Oh, we're just a little bit tired and a little bit exhausted. <laughs> yes. Aside from that, I think we're doing all right. It's like yeah. preterm fatigue. Yeah. yeah, feeling it definitely 100. Mm-hmm. percent So um, today, in light of the tough past few years we've all experienced, um, we're going to be focusing on theatre in the age of COVID 19. So obviously, it's had its challenges and its ups and downs, and it's kind of forced us creatives to think outside the box especially with like West End and like productions and stuff having to be shut down and moved online. So on the topic of facing these challenges, my first question is, how have you all managed to stay creative and inspired during this pandemic? Whoever wants to take that. (laughs) I just took up a new hobby. That's kind of where my output went. I remember when everything shut down like I was in the middle of a show and I'd got like a, two shows on the horizon and then everything shut down. And so I was left a little bit like, uh. but in a very sort of nerdy way, I start at that point, I started taking up D&D. And, oh, well, yeah. 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 So, but basically it's the same sort of skills that you need, you know, as a director or as someone, um, you know, as a creative and that sort of thing. And so that was sort of, where my output got shifted to um so I kind of maintained you know my craft through that side of things and then as things have opened back up again like I think it's really helped in, yeah. a, in an odd way you know like it's transferable skills man but that's where all of my energy went wow you're so good at D as well when we did that session you. you are on fire i can definitely see that like wow <laughs> sick all right uh kirsten how are you i'm good yeah yeah um how did i stay creative in lockdown yeah um i was also in the middle of a show and then it got cancelled which was ah. sad um i know um <laughs> And then being like in first year at the time, like all our work just got cancelled and we were sidelined, obviously, because we were trying to focus on second and third years, um, which meant I had nothing to do at all, which was great. Um, So I started doing a lot of DIY things at home. I really got into painting. I think me and my dad painted pretty much every room in our house. Um, So got pretty handy with a roller Um, and then gardening as well, which is good because I think like, you know, it focuses the mind, you're using hands a lot, you're outside. Um, I really enjoyed it. I started building little shelves to put wood stacks on. Um, yeah, learned how to use a hammer and all, all the wow. other tools. So That's wholesome. You know, I've heard a lot of people like get into gardening over the pandemic. So, wow. I feel like maybe I need to give that a try, man. The whole plant thing. Wow. I love that. How about you, Ollie? What about you? What's what's been popping? Basically the same as Gerson. Like when the well, when the pandemic happened uh, began, like I was not in the middle of the show. I had a very free schedule, thank God. Um, <laughs> and I I got really into woodworking 
uh, at first and I was building well I was like modifying a lot of things at first um just sort of like shelving units and then I started building my own shelving units and like ottomans and boxes and all these things and just putting them around the house and you know I was doing it like pretty terribly but like in my own sort of like chaotic way so like I ended up breaking like a few like saw blades on like the electronic saw and it's like okay I'm glad this thing didn't fly into my eye this time let's keep going <laughs> and then having the same reaction every single time as gee whiz I'm glad this didn't fly into my eye this time let's do it again because <laughs> apparently I don't learn from my mistakes um but yeah I got really into sort of gardening as well but like less the sort of plants sort of maintenance and looking after things because I'm terrible at that and more just sort of landscaping mm -hmm. so like we we kind of redid our garden and I think I ended up putting in about two ponds uh and sort of just, just general lugging things around and putting this here and changing them this here built like a few sort of like dirt mounds and walls and things like that my, what helped my parents like we put in some hedgehog houses and bird feeders and so like it's gone from like a pretty like basic garden to like this weird sort of little nature retreat wow, thing. Yeah. It's not like a makeover, bloody yeah. hell. All it's right. It sounds like um, something you do on Sims, you know, when you like add like a little pond here, some fishing, like some plants in here. Wow, that's pretty cool. Sims in real life. Well, <laughs> I, wow, that sounds great. Like you guys have all found different ways to stay creative. Like who would you say have been your biggest creative inspirations over this period? Um, to be doing these things or just theatre in general because obviously it's been a time where feeling sad is like obviously quite like a, a big thing like it, it's it's easy to get depressed I think in like such tough times so how have you like who have you guys like really kind of looked up to during this like tough time anyone in particular hmm <laughs> Like Miranda Hart did a good job at keeping people engaged. Oh yeah, yeah. no, I agree with that. Yeah, I like ended up watching Miranda again because it's really funny. But she just put loads of stuff out on her social media and did them um, like quizzes and things for people and had like inspiring quotes. And she's like a really funny, outgoing person. I think that was kind of what was needed. But also like down to earth and realistic about feelings and things, which I think sometimes you need. Like nobody wants to be told that everything's fine when it's not. So mm -hmm. yeah. Wow, sick. Yeah, I think a lot of the stuff I was watching sort of at the time and like kind of digesting was kind of, it was less about using the sort of conditions like the pandemic situation to like an advantage creatively. And it was more like, okay, what are the stuff I can do my research on now so that when things open up again, I can like jump straight into live things. So like, I know yeah. I got, I got really into a lot of the Robert Wilson stuff. Um, so like a lot of like yeah very extreme kind of physical work and like garish lights and a lot of expressionism and sort of uh the most like amazing set designs and costume designs and makeup designs and all that stuff uh that was the thing i got really into for a while um but yeah that and like a lot of kind of youtube content creators who were doing sort of very high quality crowdfunded like pieces um, yeah. like a, a lot of documentary series and stuff like that with um, sort of just very strong, very good production value. And also because it was crowdfunded, you know, a, mm -hmm. a lot more kind of creative freedom and a lot more sort of um, 
less pressure through like sponsorships or business yeah. or advertising. Oh, sick. How about you, Emma? Um, the one thing I really remember being kind of inspired by was it was Taika Waititi on YouTube and he just he got like a bunch of people together to read through James and the Giant Peach oh, and it wow. was just like he'd read like a chapter and then he'd do all of the foley for like all of the the stuff that was going on and then he'd give each of them a character and he got like Kate Blanchett and Sarah Paulson and like all of he he called in all of his connections basically and did like a chapter every week of just James and the Giant I just thought it was really sweet because he just they were they were raising money for something it was for charity mm -hmm. um but he just got it all together and it was free to watch on YouTube and just I don't know I feel like he I don't know much about him as a person mm -hmm. but he just gave off such wholesome vibes and it wasn't like ignoring the problem because at the end they'd have like their spiel about like oh COVID is a thing let's yeah. raise some money or whatever but it was just such a sweet way of getting some escapism yeah. and I was like that oh we lost yet yeah no I 100% agree he is such an icon I mean he did pretend to fall asleep at the Oscars so you know legends only <laughs> He is a bit iconic. But um, talking about productions, because you guys kind of talked about that, um, have you, did you watch any kind of amazing pieces of theatre or, I don't know, any like TV shows or any productions like that on Zoom that kind of really inspired you or you just thought, wow, amazing? Kind of like, you know, an example like um, Staged, David Tender, Michael Sheen, that was like a, um, a pandemic type thing, wasn't it, being on Zoom? Um, anything like that, that um, kind of you loved? I was quite. I did watch the first season of the stage, and I was actually quite surprised by how good it was. I was a bit worried it would be very kind of gimmicky, and you know, kind of using Zoom just to kind of be very kind of low production. But like, I think they were very creative with it, and they prioritized the right aspects of it. Like, it's extremely character driven, mm -hmm. um, and I, I think they kind of just hit all the right bucks when they need to. Um, in terms of like pieces of art and sort of experiences and stuff like that. I think I've kind of been mainly sort of focusing on video games more than anything. Because, Dick, yeah. Nice yeah, cool. because with that, you you know, I mean, obviously the video game industry has been hit also pretty badly by COVID, mm -hmm. but I guess in, you know, less drastically and less dire than sort of your, your live industries or, you know, your ones which require very much require a team of people in one location for filming or to perform mm -hmm. and everything. So like you get some, it's been a great time to just sort of explore all sorts of weird sort of things that have been released over the last 20 years or being released right now. Um, and it's also like, it's a combination of like, oh, this is really awesome. This is really cool. This is a fantastic way, uh, interactive way of sort of storytelling. But also, it's like it's a really nice bit of escapism as well. Like it, it just, is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, I do. I played a lot of games over the pandemic as well, and it's just so nice. And when you're really attached to the story as well, like I was playing the the Walking Dead games, and I got so attached, and I was like, "Whoa, didn't expect this." But yes, hundred percent agree. Games very underrated. Um, yeah, hundred percent during the pandemic. Um, Kirsten, what about you? What What has kept you inspired? Like, what have you been watching? 
Which I watch. I mean, well, for starters, I watched Star Wars throughout the pandemic, like oh. twice. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, um, I really enjoyed watching Staged as well. Actually, it's funny that you'd mentioned that actually. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was like the first episode and they brought like Samuel L. Jackson in uh, and like the cameos in it were just really good. But I think for me also just um, kind of like literally just having that kind of laptop box thing was quite inspiring, especially when it came to like doing our project, I guess, for Theatre Praxis, which we don't really talk about. But um, <laughs> just being able to have like that laptop and thinking about like, you know, being back and being forward and stuff. Um, so yeah, I watched that and then um, a lot of the things that kind of came out free on national theatre as well. Um, yeah. Like a summer night stream. Um, so that was good. And I also managed to find Fleabag's uh, monologue on stage, which was brilliant. So yeah. Amazing. Oh, you kept busy. All right, Emma, what about you? Yeah, I mean, it was all the stuff that when they started doing the, um, what was it, all of the um the national theater at home stuff because a couple of those production i'd been to see ages ago and like i couldn't access them again and i wanted to watch them again like treasure island i remember when i went i saw it when i was like 14 and blew me away then and i was like looking forward to seeing it again but some of the stuff that they were putting on like what is it small island was incredible small island was awesome um and there were a couple of other, other of the productions that they were doing, that they were streaming, which were just so good in like, not just how they staged it, but like the script as well and the camera angles. And it kind of, it was weird seeing stuff, like stuff that was filmed. Cause usually I guess with stage, like you look, you can, you can work with all the things so you can have like little bits going on in the background. But it was cool to see what like the camera director was doing with that. And that was yeah because then we were putting, putting like Andrew Lloyd Webber which I I dislike him as a human being just <laughs> point blank but they were putting some of his musicals up so that was fun to to maybe steal some money back from him for things um there are a couple of, oh you know what actually my top one Mischief Movie Night they did they streamed Mischief Theatre streamed their improv show um, which is a bit like Watch This Is Improv a Bunga, but slightly different. Um, they streamed that and we went to that a couple of times and that was so sick. That was really, really good. Mm. Right. It's so good, like, seeing theatre being put online, I think, especially kind of, it, it's beginning to eradicate this elitism that kind of, like, surrounds buying tickets to the theatre and stuff like that. So they did that with Hamilton as well, and that was so cool. I've been dying to see the show for so long, and when they put it on Disney+, Plus, I was so happy. It was so good, so... 100% agree with that. It's so interesting to see all the different camera angles and how they play around with it as well. It's very cool. So obviously, with um, you've talked about the ups. Um, now talking about some downs, guys. <laughs> what have you found that you've struggled with the most during the um, during the pandemic? So what challenges have you found that you've had to deal with in regards to theatre, staying creative? Zoom theatre, let's face it. It's just not... <laughs> no it's 100% right dodgy internet limited camera angles for all they were trying to tell us that it was great it wasn't (laughs) (laughs) don't don't like it's just not a fun time especially doing the um, final performances for second year oh god let's not talk about it (laughs) it was stress on my life no 100% agree 
Agreed. I think jumping off that, like I remember when we were starting our project, and I've definitely written it in blog posts before, um, just to plug that other branch of us. But um, <laughs> but I found it really hard being like a being a director and very much a theatrical director. I thought it would be fairly easy to switch over. You're like, I mean, you've got the same box to work with, right? Usually yeah. you've got the same box to work with. No, no. <laughs> and so when we were starting that project, I went in being like, yeah, I'm going to direct this. Or like when I was thinking about projects, like I'll direct it. And then we get like two rehearsals in and I'm like, I hate this. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel so out of my depth. And it was just that it was if, you know, like as if a rug had kind of come out underneath my feet. So everything I thought I knew and everything that I've sort of practiced since I started directing stuff was just completely gone off the table like even stuff that I thought would transfer would is changed and slightly different and so I had a massive crisis of confidence halfway through um our double bill because I was like I don't know if I can do this justice like I don't know if I can I'm trying my best but I don't know whether I don't know if we're going to have time to do it I don't know if I'm going to learn how to do it properly like I mean you get over that sort of stuff like by doing it and it came together in the end but it's definitely not something I want to go back to I'm very much more theatre but that's also a problem because you know we're start we're only now starting to do live stuff again so I'm only now being like that's the bit I'm good at let me do it you know um, but you did such a killer job, man. Like, thank you. Bob. Like, it was very hard. Like, there was a lot of challenges. But, you know, the show was sick. Like, both of them were so good. We did such a good job. And, like, it was very hard. But we yeah. it's, it was that It was that kind of transfer over into yeah. the sort of filmed medium that I found the hardest. Because, like, especially when like, we were doing... Um, we were doing like projects for class right on zoom and the, our, our teacher was saying oh you want to use like maison scene you want to use this it's like we're a drama class not a film class and if you want us to be a film class teachers film things but that's not the degree we've signed it was a weird sort of yeah all of head round thing that confused me and frustrated me yeah i get that 100 ollie what about you i was just kind of thinking about that and I was thinking it was really interesting that I kind of almost had like a an opposite experience with that sort of it was like I, I do I think I have like a bit more of a film background than a theatre background in the sense that like when it comes to like the media like I've consumed and the stuff that's really influential for me is always is always film over theatre basically because that that's what I've watched when I was younger yeah you know I only really started watching theatre when I was in sort of sixth form when I started getting free tickets um <laughs> like no joke that is pretty much the only reason no. why i actually started watching the exact that stuff. Same <laughs> yeah and yeah. like i started watching it's like this stuff is like two and a half hours it's three hours why why do people do this um <laughs> willingly what honestly so it's like i i i think when kind of designing things or thinking about things i have a bit more of a sort of i i, I take a bit more of like a kind of cinematic perspective than a theatre one necessarily um and and you know I got a few years experience in media studies and all that and so I've already like studied all that kind of the basic film things so I remember when we we're doing the digital double bill it was like oh you know what this stuff is actually like surprisingly comfortable because like I kind of already done a fair bit of all this stuff in fact because yeah. like, I, I, I don't have that much experience in like theatre productions outside of assignments and so it's actually like 
I, I seemed to know what I was doing more on the digital thing uh, on the digital shows than I did with like a, a theatre show. Um, but yeah, no, it's just well, that was an interesting point of contrast. Well, um, yeah. yeah. so, wow, like to see the two kind of sides of that, because um, definitely I definitely agree. There was a lot of kind of like um, cinematic kind of like techniques that we did use, especially in class. And it's funny how that kind of like overlaps over, but it is it is hard to get used to if that's not what you're used to. But um, speaking of, obviously, kickback came around during the pandemic. That was a thing that was born and birthed into the world. Um, so, how did the idea of kickback kind of come around in the pandemic, and what was the process like in creating it and piecing things together? It's quite oh. a load of question. <laughs> Uh. I don't I don't because I feel like we did I mean Ollie and I worked together for the majority of first year to be honest like we were the first practical we did we were in a group together and we worked really well together so our second practical piece we were just a pair and then everything shut down so we'd already kind of established a fairly good working relationship and we'd already discussed like that we wanted to pursue kind of working together creatively um in the future and then I don't know who brought it up first I, I think well I mean we had that sort of project during the summer of 2020 where um intrusive thoughts where we were developing that and like expanding that and like working on that and then it didn't it, it didn't just like fall through but more just kind of petered out when we you know had other commitments and stuff like that in the second year I think it was it was around that sort of January time um in in second year where it was like I don't know I think we're both like a little bit um sort of a lot uh, you know what's the words I'm trying to think the uh disillusioned by a lot of the sort of opportunities going around at the time and a lot of the sort of structures and how people have been dealing with the pandemic and how uh, uh, theatre wise and how you know what kind of things were going on at the time and so I, I remember we were just on a phone call and it was just like you know what well, let's just do something ourselves and see how yeah that, goes. that was it that was it because we were talking about we were talking about this kind of stuff that was going on and like, you know, what artists were doing at the time. And I was getting really frustrated. And then you just went, or oh, should we just, we could write something ourselves. And it's, I think it started out as a little bit of a, not like a half joke. It was always like a half joke at the beginning, I think. We were like, yeah, we'll, we'll just do this. And then it got to like January, we were like, well, do we still wanna, can we still do this? And then we talked about it all the way through. And then by March, We'd got a team and a logo and a, and a oh, I love that though. You guys were kind of like, fine, we'll do it ourselves. And then... Yeah, it is. <laughs> it was formed out of spite. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> as like much as, as... Yeah, like all good things. But I think, I think at that point, because we'd both been in kind of guild drama communities in the University of Birmingham, which we're all kind of members of as core team. And, you know, it's a great space as well. But I think we we kind of built ourselves up as artists over our first year and like into lockdown and we just wanted to make our own space rather than fitting into one of the societies and so we just were like well we can now <laughs> let's try yeah. this so, we've got nothing but time so you know what, what do we have to lose 
No, you're absolutely right. Um, but also talking about that, because obviously um, you did the online productions of a phone call cataclysmic. Do you think there will be any more Zoom productions in the future at all on your radar? Or are you like, nope, never again. No, thanks. Theatre in person, please. I, we, we will definitely be doing more digital productions, <laughs> I think. I, I think that, like, that, yeah, with Zoom production, I mean, like, we, we call it, like, a phone call a Zoom production, but it, like, it wasn't, it wasn't filmed on Zoom, it was rehearsed on Zoom, but it yeah, was filmed it using is. cameras. Yeah, that's true. So, no, I mean, maybe there's <laughs> just, like, a little bit too much stigma around, like, the phrase Zoom production. Um, but, yeah, I think digital is not something we want to cast away. Um, yet mm -hmm. I think you know digital productions are always going to be more accessible um, mm -hmm. than uh, live productions and they're also going to be a bit cheaper and a bit easier to create um, and so I think that's going to be a really exciting platform in the future to be a bit more experimental and try things out and just do stuff and you know we, we can have these big live productions but if we're doing these like smaller digital productions in between then it means that we're kind of creating a very steady stream of content where like and we're like we're creating something for everyone mm -hmm. now 100 percent um i think really building on that um as well like everyone could view it because obviously it's up on our youtube which is really nice because obviously it would be limited if it was in person and also it was very like cheap to like make which is which is very cool because theater is expensive and we are university students and broke <laughs> so um that was very cool i think with the zoom productions but um yeah so building off of that what do you guys feel like you've learned from the pandemic it can be in relations to theater or just life in general if you want um yeah what have you what have you learned from it what are the kind of like big life lessons you feel like you sat back and you're like wow like i feel like a changed person because i feel like we all we all definitely feel changed it's been a long two years <laughs> Oh, when you call it two years that just kind of makes me nah, I know. <laughs> Ew, it feels gross yeah it's weird it's strange I think my major one um, is to one do things that are purely just for your own enjoyment mm -hmm. uh, because when I was thinking about it when everything got shut down like all of my extracurriculars were like theatre stuff that would be going on my CV so as much as it was enjoyable as well it was also like planning and like CV building at the same time so picking up something that's purely for you is a good thing and take a break <laughs> take a day yeah. off because I don't do that I just yeah. I don't and I forced myself to over the very first pandemic and I was like what is this time how have I never had this time in my life before so oh, I'm trying okay. now everything's opening up I'm trying to hold on to a little bit of that in this capitalist society you know what I mean but give um, yourself a break <laughs> give, give yourself a break yeah take a whole day off just to be in bed or take a whole day off just to watch tv or something like it's not lazy it's it's what you're you know you need to do it otherwise you're yeah, not going to function exactly. it's like system maintenance i read something the other day which is like don't call it self-care call it like system maintenance if you're having a hard time doing it and i was like gonna do that I'm <laughs> <a> machine <laughs> but i also am a machine because i need to power down for a bit um but yeah that was my life lessons <laughs> sick how about you kirsten what did you learn what changed you uh i think patience is like an important one and um, i think a lot of people can say that um 
especially when there's like not a lot of knowns and as somebody who's like needs to know the next step he's got everything like planned out on like timetables and things and not being able to know what's going to happen at the end of the week let alone the end of the year is like really stressful for me it's just patience and like taking things step by step as it comes and then the other one is um be kind be kind to yourself you know bit of like self-love sometimes you've got to pat yourself on the back and tell yourself and also just being kind to other people as well because you know we're all in it together at the end of the day so Mm -hmm. yeah well wow I'm kind of choking up over here (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of deep Ollie what about you what if what how has it impacted you I I think sorry um yeah (laughs) I, I think for me it's kind of just more than anything about kind of like knowing your value and knowing your worth in the sense that you know um not not just about like knowing your skills and knowing okay i'm good at this i'm good at this i'm good at this i'm trying to just get rid of imposter syndrome wherever it like it may lay but also in just the matter of like you know i i am valuable i am worthwhile so i need not only do i need to treat myself with kindness I need to make sure that other people are treating me with kindness and yeah. people aren't going to walk all over me and exploit me. It's about, you know, learning when to say no, learning when to go, actually, now nah, I'm going to be doing this instead of that. And you're going to, you know, if, if you want this, you're, you're going to have to like incentivize in some way, you know, just making sure that your value and worth is being demonstrated you're not being exploited making sure that you're being treated with respect by others and also you know just in general kind of if if you want to do something just kind of do it so like you know with this theater company it was a matter of like we have the time we have the skills we have the value and the worth we have no reason not to be doing this right now no one's no one's gonna come up to us with like a thousand pounds saying hey you guys are good start your theater company you just kind of have to do it yourself and yeah take that sort of um like be intuition yeah, is that the right word something like that you get what i mean no yeah no totally wow no i mean look at us now we're here like a year on that's crazy crazy how time flies 100 but wow no it's it's great to see how like this pandemic has like changed us all as people because i feel like we're definitely not the same people as we were as when we entered it like coming out the other end it's crazy i feel like i've aged like a billion years it's very strange and lots has happened so but i'm i'm glad we're all doing good um we're not on the verge of breakdown yet um so that's always a positive um but yeah, it was so great talking to you guys. Do you have any kind of last words of wisdom that you want to put out into the world? Um, yeah, because if so, now's your chance. Um, no, I guess from from just, you know, how we set up our company and everything, like if you put your mind to it and... I don't know you you make a google drive anything can happen man like anything can happen honestly I didn't think we would be doing this now but the opportunity sort of presented itself to us and so you know we found ourselves being ready a lot earlier than I think I'd ever expected to for this sort of work so you know if it feels right give it a go you know the worst that can happen is it it flunks a little bit but then it will dissolve out of existence essentially so that's my advice for anything 
I love that. You sometimes just got to wing it, man. Just see how life turns out. And that's okay. Wow. I love that. Any Anything else? Yeah. I, I think just building on that, it's just the idea that all experience is valuable. You can always learn from experience, whether it's a hellish experience or a great one. There's, <laughs> there's, there is something you can get from it. There's something you can use uh, from that experience to develop. Um, and also, aside from that, just keep watching Kickback and keep following <laughs> us. And cheeky self promo. Yeah, this is all self promo, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we're always doing something. We always have something planned, and we're always trying to outreach. So, it, even if even if you don't see, if even if we're not promoting an opportunity, contact us because we can always work on something. That's true. Hit us up, baby. Email us. We're here. <laughs> Kirsten, anything you want to say? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think something that I always kind of follow is if the drama game, like, yes and, because as soon as you say no to yourself or no to things, you're shutting down opportunities. But as soon as you say yes and, you're, you're putting yourself out there, you're creating opportunities for yourself and you're building yourself up. So although it's good to say no sometimes, it's important to, like, not shut yourself down. Say yes and and see where you can go from there. That's so wise. Do you know what it makes me think of? Does anyone watch BBC Ghosts? That one episode where they were like, yes, and <laughs> amazing. That's what, what was just running through my head. But yes, I love that. <laughs> um, yeah, carry that with me through life now. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for talking with me, guys. I mean, you had no choice, but, uh, <laughs> but we will be back next month with another very cool, very epic podcast. So until then... Farewell, fellow kickbackies. I don't know. What? <laughs> oh, damn. Is, are we going to have to start marketing? Yeah. That's, that's going on the merch when we start oh, releasing no. that. No. Uh, that was an accident, I swear. <laughs> it's going to stick now. <laughs> that was an accident, I swear. It's the new tagline of kickback. Uh, it's the <laughs> <God damn. laughs>